0: Welcome to Mystery Mindset. This is the podcast where you do a deep dive on all things missions in East Asia. In this episode, we are joined by Gabe Harbour. You may recognize Gabe from Studio Classroom. Gabe has worked for ORTV for a long time, has a lot of experience in the media environment. Welcome to the podcast, Gabe. I'm so glad to finally get together and record with you.
1: So yeah, I grew up in, uh, I was born in New Jersey, but I don't really, really remember it at all because um, my parents came out here when they were, when I was four months old. So yeah, I grew up in Taichung mostly, and then a little bit in Taipei, and then now my parents are in Jiayi. So uh, I consider like Taichung my hometown, I guess, or Chingshui because it was back then, it was like Taichung County. Yeah, like when I was a baby, we, we were in Taipei, but I don't remember any of that at all. And then, you know, I went to Morrison growing up, basically first grade through um senior year of high school and I was in the dorms my senior year because my parents had moved to Taipei that year Um, so that was I mean I was I loved that experience um because I'm very extroverted and so just making a whole bunch of like you know new friends that I was around all the time um, was pretty fun for me um and yeah like um a lot of like a lot of morrison grads you know you kind of go to university overseas like in your parents home country um didn't even really occur to me like until like way later that it was an option to like go to university here in taiwan you know to check out one of the schools here if they had a good program that i liked and but i'm but i'm, I'm glad that i you know went to the states for university for uh, for a lot of reasons, but one is you know cultural and just it's, it's something very different because I end up coming back here after university, and I've been I've been working at ORTV um, actually since since I was an intern just after high school, so uh, I hadn't heard of it before then, um, surprisingly. Like our the my company's. Name that we're most known by is Studio Classroom, which like uh, junior high, high school students everywhere would know what that name is. Um, but like I never, I never heard of Studio Classroom. Going to Morrison, you know, um, I didn't know who ORTV was. Like Heavenly Melody would come to TMF conferences, and they still do. And like TMF was like the highlight of my summers. Um, you know that you got that week of classes, and then like there's always the Pokies. I don't know if you've been to TMF. I have not. Not yet. The Pokies Man. That's what it's all about. Um, I don't even know if you don't know what pokey is. It's like a, it's like a it's like a it's like a long frozen stick of sugar. (laughs) (laughs) And like after TMF, like every day on the plaza, like after everything was done, all the sessions, and like everyone would go out in the plaza and just have some have some pokies (laughs) and run around if you're a kid. Um anyway. So so, they have melody. My coworkers uh, came to to uh, TMF like every year, and so I kind of knew the name, but I didn't realize like they were affiliated with the place called ORTV and like how much affiliated and everything. And so um, so when I started as an intern at ORTV, like basically a full year internship, you know, it was a gap year basically, um, and I even remember introducing myself. In chapel and saying something like, Oh, I hadn't heard of like ORTV before. And like, there was a gasp in the room. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, Oh, sorry, guys. Like, I went to Morrison. You know, we, we didn't use, you know, English teaching magazine material. You know, I'd heard of Heavenly Melody, but I didn't know, the, you know, the term ORTV. It's kind of, yeah, surprising, not surprising, but just, you know, time really flies uh, to think that I was 18 then and I'm 39 now. And so like, and after university, I basically came back like to work for studio classroom, uh, partly because I liked the uh, the the TV work that I was doing as an intern, that's one of the reasons I majored in mass communications. And um, and so came back in 2006 to now. So I, didn't, I never, yeah, I never thought that I'd be like in the same place for a long time, like period, but then yeah, like, What is that? Almost half my life.
0: Yeah, basically. Or over.
1: Yeah.
0: Basically, half your life is spent.
1: Right. If you include, yeah. yeah, If I include like the that internship year and all the summers in between. Yeah. Then, and if I just started with 2006, then you know, um, 18 years. So so ORTV
0: was basically the full reason you came back to Taiwan. Um,
1: ORTV was the yeah, actually. When I had graduated university, um, I hadn't quite made up my mind yet, like what I was going to do. I was thinking about, I had a friend who whose dad, whose parents worked in Ecuador um, at a Christian radio station. And obviously that's similar background to me at, at internship years. I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to go and, you know, learn something there. And they were also into build, helping people build houses. And I was like, well, that'd be kind of fun to learn that skill, you know, It's a very useful skill. I didn't end up doing that, obviously. I came back to Taiwan. Um, One of the draws was our Bible study uh, that we called it Friday Night Live. Um, And, you know, when I was an intern, it was going on. And like every summer, I'd come back and do some work for ORTV um, to make some money. And we had the Bible study going on as well. Um, And that was always a, you know, when I was considering coming back, I was like, "Well, I I have done work at or TV, I've done work at, done work at a Studio Classroom in front of the camera, um, and it's just talking to cameras." And I was like, you know, growing up in a Christian family, missionary family, no less, um, who, you know, uh, strongly emphasizes like evangelism, and my parents are very intentional and good about reaching out to people you know and just spending time with people um who who don't know the gospel um and so that rubbed off on me a little bit and uh un- unlike i guess maybe a lot of people who grew up in a christian household or were pks or mks like and maybe maybe they left the faith um, and i never i never left the faith and i and i always uh thought that something like Friday night live. It's like, okay, that's, that's a good thing that I want to have in my life. It gets away from, you know, you got the eight to five at the office and you're basically behind a computer or or a TV or camera the whole week. Um, And then, so there's something that you can go to at the end of the week and just kind of pour out into people and, you know, build new relationships. And, um, and yeah, that was our, one of the, one of the main ministries um, at the time FNL had been going on for like uh, I don't know, 20 years like overall I, I, I guess um, over the course of time it had it had gone on from like early 2000 to roughly 2018 or 2019 oh, wow. something like that um, and they had they had a lot of bible studies before and other outreaches and ministries before I started working at ORTP um, so there's been a variety of stuff that ORTV has done, um, but that was one of the things when I when I joined, in, um, that that they were doing as far as outreach. Yeah. So,
0: what is I guess ORTV studio classroom like? Kind of what what's their focus? I guess.
1: Yeah. So ORTV first of all stands for Overseas Radio and Television, and if I could be completely honest, like ever <laughs> since I first joined. At 18 years old, ever since I first heard the term, I was like, overseas radio and television, overseas to who? Like, okay, so overseas to American supporters, probably, right? Sponsors. So it's very, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we're doing a lot of stuff, you know, it, with kind of accountability from overseas, um, which is fine. But to me, growing up, you know, you know, and now it's 2022 that feels a little ethnocentric <laughs> and so it's like, I've always wanted to change the name um, to something else, not to mention it just seems really generic. Okay, so it's overseas and then like doing television. Well, a lot of companies in mass media are doing television um, and that, but ORTV like, so that's, that's what it technically like the denotation, right? The connotation for all of us working there is that's the umbrella organization. Um, and it's just called ORTV, that's the umbrella organization over the studio classroom, English teaching um, magazines and publications and you know recordings that we do, as well as having the melody, the, the music outreach. So like I, uh, like I was saying, most people, most young people or locals here in Taiwan will not have heard the, the term ORTV um, probably not even the Chinese Chuanbo uh, which has a much more directly evangelical meaning, uh, to save the world, right? Um, and they won't have heard of that, um, but they will most likely know Studio Classroom and Jiao Jiaoshu. So that's a little bit behind those those names. Uh, you know. When I was, when a lot of people first come to ORTV, um, there's a book I think it's called A Miracle Unique that someone had written about like the history of ORTV a long time ago, and like so we're all supposed to like you know figure out the, just be well versed about the history of ORTV and like how it got started and things like that, um, and that's all in this book. Um, so there's a lot of details about like Doris and how she came over, um, and and this guy named Lee Haggerty uh, who was a missionary here as well. And how they co-founded this organization, um, and there's a there's a quite a few other people that I to this day don't know who they are. Like if you were to say their names, I'd be like, okay, that name appeared in the book, but I don't know who who that is. Um, but the purpose um, for starting even the organization has always it started out and has always been to uh, spread the gospel, to be a way a like a medium. For where people can hear something about the gospel of Jesus, so um, yeah, and, and our boss Doris—I mean, she's ninety-six—and is <laughs> basically heading this heading this huge machine. Well, Sometimes it feels like this this beast of of this you know publication machine where we're cranking out English material all the time, um, but also still trying to. Um, to remember the the main purpose for why ORTV even began. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about the purpose of ORTV. So does
0: I guess so door still runs like day-to-day operations, basically, even at 96, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean her, I think she met Billy Graham years ago and uh one of the things he told her was something to the effect of the word retirement is not in the Bible. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she always encourages like everybody, like don't retire. Um, and obviously that, that uh, don't retire could have many meanings, right? For a Christian, it's like, you don't read never, you never retire from serving God here on this planet yeah. um, at what, in whatever form it is, right? Whether you're leading a company or you're stepping away from the company and doing something else and like maybe being a consultant or um you know be involving yourself in some ministry. Um so so in that general sense, I I agree <laughs> with her, but there is a sense in which I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like, you know, there is a there is a time. When I'm
0: 80, I might <laughs> want to take a break. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. So but what was the question you <laughs> So
0: I guess tell us a little bit about Doris's like story. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, you know. I know you've
0: been at ORTV a long time. So yeah. Like, obviously you've gotten to know her.
1: Yeah, yeah, long yeah. And she's, she's got some like, I know her, her overarching story. Actually, we, we, we're we in the middle of like, I don't know if you've heard of this musical, The Journey of Love. I have. You have, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, we're considering it a ministry, um, because it's telling the story of Doris and, like, basically why she came to Taiwan. It's a musical, and it's got this outside production company that, like, is it, top-notch. I've been to the director's, some of his other shows many times, and I, I love his shows. Xian uh, Yen-su is his name. And um, so he's basically put together this whole story of Doris's, wow. you know, like 80 or 90 minutes kind of thing. Um so, yeah, I know her story. And I also know a lot of her stories that that like even there have been a couple publications about her life, like biographies, um, you know, written in Chinese. And but when you talk to her in person, like you're like, hey, none of those stories are in these books because <laughs> like she's actually yeah, she's actually got quite a few like fun stories, you know, that kind of reveal a little bit more uh, facets of her personality um, that maybe she's not willing to share, you know, uh, to the public, you know, for for image purposes or whatever. Um but she came to Taiwan, like, I think she was, she was definitely in her early 20s when she left the States to come to Asia, and um, I might get some of these details wrong, um, because sometimes I confuse, you know, she was in, she was in China for a little while, um, and I think maybe that was her original intent, was to actually be a missionary um, in China, and then um, because of, you know, circumstances around the war, a lot of foreigners, a lot of expats had to leave China. Um, and she came over here to Taiwan and uh, did went to the East Coast first and developed, you know, relationships and, and did ministry among the tribes, people. Um, and yeah, like uh, she did that for several years. And some somewhere along the line, um she's always loved music so she, she always carries her trumpet around um she still plays the trumpet every ta- every chance she gets like if there's a chance like at a at a at a Christmas rally or something like that um yeah she'll still play the trumpet and we have chapels we used to have them every morning but with the pandemic and everything they've been kind of on hold but she's always there with a trumpet um so she plays the trumpet and she wanted to basically started a radio program uh, because that's a fast, quick, effective way to reach a lot of people at the same time with the gospel. And so she started, and and somewhere along the line, she started a choir and I'm not sure when they started calling it heavenly melody, maybe it was right away. Um, And heavenly melody and studio classroom, the English teaching um, program started a year apart from each other. If I remember the facts correctly yeah so it was roughly the same time and it's always for her it's always been like these things are a bridge for the gospel this is the need for Taiwan like and it still is a lot of people still want to learn English um, it's a universal language and so this is a need for Taiwan okay so let's go meet this need and then make sure that we're using it as a bridge to you know bring people in to know more about about Jesus and I would say, I know you didn't ask this, maybe not yet, but it's a lot easier to do that via music um, where the whole group is a, known for being a Christian group and they're you know, arranging Christian songs that are written by others or like writing Christian songs themselves um, than it is to have the English uh, publication like be known for also being, oh, these are also Christians. And now, a word
0: from our sponsor. Taiwan Missionary Fellowship is a movement of missionaries working together to reach Taiwan for the gospel through a network of mission organizations, church leaders, national gatherings,
1: training events, and resources. For more information, go to tmf.org.tw. Yeah, because, I mean, the
0: English side, like through the classroom, is still a... Multinational business, based on what I was reading, you know the research I did, and so like it's still got to be run at least somewhat business side, mm-hmm. with still a focus on ministry. Right, and
1: it's and it for our company is basically the the bread and butter of the company. Gotcha. The different aspects of the English teaching ministry.
0: Oh yeah. So where all is Studio Classroom shown at? I know obviously it's. A, Taiwan, Taiwan, Taipei
1: is you know the base. <laughs> yeah, operation. I mean we go we go into different countries. Countries doors brings up every once in a while that I have never even heard of, um, or maybe heard of them, but I'm like okay, really cool. Like Kazakhstan, all right. Um, I think it was Uzbekistan. Like just a lot of those stands out there. Um, and you know we have we have a we have supported missionaries as well from ORTV. Oh wow, um, a lady named Eunice who works in Turkey. Uh, working with the church in turkey um it goes into china our program goes into china so we have to be careful about what we write in the magazine as far as uh it's easier it's easy to avoid politics generally it doesn't even occur to us to include a lot of stuff that might be political but um but the 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 religious stuff we have to be careful about as well um and kind of present things in a way like oh this is what christians believe yeah. uh more than oh this is that here this is the gospel for you yeah. you know what i mean it's, it's just like the, the way this you package is what a it christian
0: believes <laughs> exactly
1: exactly this is like historically this is what easter is and christmas and everything um and but yeah our program wasn't I, I heard like a couple years ago or last year like uh, xi jinping's wife listens to advanced that's Uh our that's our top magazine like our most advanced magazine wow that's what I heard I don't know if that's true or not Xi Jinping's wife if you're listening you know (laughs) I'm like I'm always like hey you know what Dora should really like make use of that and like build a relationship because she loves building relationships with people you know she knows Tai Ing-wen and like every president that comes through here and um just like you know what like you know with the tensions building with Taiwan and China, there's the Pentagon, basically the equivalent of the Pentagon for Taiwan, like the defense is right next to studio classroom. It's like, you know, maybe maybe you know tell them that. <laughs> like if you're thinking about if you're thinking about attacking, like studio classroom is right next to this place, you're you're thinking yeah. about attacking. <laughs> Don't do that, you guys. Um, yeah. anyway, so we go, yeah. There's probably somewhere, that someone in every country. Or, yeah, of, of, or at least
0: listens to the YouTube
1: I'm or sure. well now with social media yeah like it reaches a lot more people um yeah the first first like fan I ever met like when I was 18 after working in, in Taiwan for that year was actually when I went to the university in California and I was like <laughs> going going into like a, a Chinese restaurant and this like elderly couple walked out and the the woman looked at me. She turns around. She was like, "Teacher Gabe,
0: <laughs> like, hey, what's up?" That's me. Yeah. So yeah, I was actually gonna mention that. So I was with our friends Brennan, Katie, and Brandon has worked for ORTV for a long time as mm-hmm. well. So my friends met like met him through me, and they were very surprised that I knew him, but they also knew, had seen him a lot, obviously with him being on tv as well right yeah 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 um, so and california
1: is not too surprising because it's like yeah yeah. it's the west coast you know
0: yeah a lot of my friends from taiwan end up moving to california so not super surprising actually (laughs)
1: yeah
0: yeah um so your main role at ortv is being in front of camera right
1: yeah um it i've been one of the That My main role has always been being one of the lead teachers for either Let's Talk in English or Studio Classroom. Um, Yeah, since before going off to college and also coming back. There's all a variety of different things. Um, But
0: So what's like the most challenging part of that job? I mean, at this point you've been doing it for a long time. So there's probably not, there's new challenges that are kind of random one-offs, but what are like some of the more common challenges yeah, being in front of camera basically every day.
1: <laughs> well, we we only record maybe four or five days a month in like as you know full day recording where we're recording many episodes, um, and and so a lot of the time I'm actually you know either preparing for you know the next teaching cycle um, or you know, now you mentioned challenges, there's, there's always new things to try. And that's one of the things I, I really like about my job is that, like, um, you know, whether it's trying to incorporate like a song segment into the program, uh, you know, I get to work on some music, which is not part of my normal job. But I, you know, whenever we had musical segments, that was kind of, that was kind of fun. Um, you know, recently, uh, my partner and our friend Anne Marie and I have been um, getting our Instagram channel up and running and just putting a lot of stuff on there. Um, so that's a different skill set, you know what I mean? And, and the whole marketing that goes with that. Um, yeah. So there's just a lot of different things. Um, one of the things challenges, you know, to get back to challenges like day-to-day challenges. I mean, um, I I think one thing is, is making sure you're not like in a rut or not just for me, who doesn't like the status quo, you know, not always doing things just because of the way we've always done it. Um, and <laughs> being someone who doesn't like status quo that can also ruffle some other feathers. <laughs> um, sometimes and so interpersonal is always going to be the biggest challenge I think um even though even for me who's I I love people and I love being around people um but yeah I think that's there's there's challenges like when it you know when it comes to maybe working with in a company um where everybody's paid full-time salary so there's no freelance workers there very few contract workers and so the people you're working with some of some of them not all, but some, because they got a salary anyway, they're not gonna put their whole heart into something. And then you're working with this, and you, know, you think you're a team and trying to make something really good together, but they're over there on their iPad. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, without getting into too many details, but you know, yeah, I, yeah that, that kind of stuff irks me a little bit, but I, I like challenges in general. Like as far as like trying new things and
0: yeah, I mean you've worked there for basically half your life
1: at yeah. this point. I would say over I would how, say, yeah.
0: Like how much has ORTV changed from when you started, like as an intern, to now where you've been, you know, kind of the face of Studio Classroom or one of the faces of Studio. Yeah, classroom.
1: I I have um seen a lot of different dynamics, especially in the English department. You know, whereas uh, you know a couple years ago I was counting with a friend this is like several years ago, eight years ago, maybe. And we had counted like 40 people uh, that were, that had left since we started working there. And that was, you know, just a couple of years. And so um, 40, 40 expats, like whether it was the English department or the IT or anywhere like, you know, native English speakers. Um, and I'm, I'm sure it's like well over a hundred by now since I've been there. Yeah. Um, if I were to really count <laughs> and um and so, yeah, it's been interesting for me to see a lot of different, like, office dynamics. And I've been a part, like, a part of these different office dynamics. There's another, there's a lady there, Hazel, who's been working there for longer than I have. Um, and she, I would say she's the face of, of TV, like, or the face of Studio Classroom. If, if you were to ask, like, people who is most recognizable, um, hands down, it's Hazel. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember watching, like, flipping through the channels with my high school buddy, and um, you know, summer break before I ever even heard of ORTV, and like stumbled across a show that Hazel was in called Office Hours. You know, cool, they're talking all slow, and we were kind of laughing at it.
0: And then <laughs> lo and behold, I started working there.
1: Um, That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of changes.
0: I guess your day-to-day operation is more just preparation than it is camera, like sitting down on a stool type, right? You know, thing because I, I, based on what I was looking at, um, you know the research and stuff I did. You guys do it more of almost like a newscast style. Has it always been like that, or for the
1: for the studio classroom teaching part of the program? Yeah, um, whether sitting or standing it's always, you know, sometimes referred to it as talking heads. We're yeah. always like trying to get another feature in there to make it look like, to break up the flow so it's not just talking heads because, <laughs> you know, we're a visual medium after all. But, um, but yeah, so that has always been the case though. Like ever since I was an intern and watching other people do it, um, the way, you know, uh, it was Coffee Corner at the time. And it was really casual. And, but there were three teachers, you know, two native English speakers and one, the Chinese translator, and they all did the program, you know, together and just had a really casual feeling conversation. And I always liked that. Um, And I know a lot of people did as well. And um, yeah, but the overall feel hasn't really changed over the years as far as like, uh, we're still talking a lot to explain things. Yeah. Yeah. In English. To answer your previous question about like I guess changes in general at the company, it's um it, it's we're kind of a there's a lot of people there and so it's a big ship yeah it's kind of hard to steer sometimes just the more people you have and the more department heads there are there's just a lot more red tape a lot more work orders a lot more people to get approval from stuff and it just to make a little to make even you know what you might think are little decisions or little changes it can be a big thing like when we started using i feel like we've always been kind of been a little bit behind times as far as like getting involved in the social media or the different platforms that we should be getting involved yeah. in like when it, whether it was facebook back in 2000 i mean i was in college when facebook came out and it wasn't until probably 2009 or 2010 you know four or five years after facebook started that studio that we started to have our own studio classroom like <laughs> Facebook page and at first it wasn't well received at all it was like Sorry. it was yeah one of our coworkers was like yeah we really should start a Facebook page he created it on his own was almost fired for it <laughs> like because it ruffled some feathers for doing something new and then like the next day it garnered like 15,000 followers mm-hmm. and they're like oh, oh, oh yeah this is actually a pretty good idea <laughs> you know what oh, I mean it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah I, I don't feel like that's from what I've heard from di- listening to different leaders and podcasts and things like that I don't think that's unique no. to a place like ORTV, no. but sometimes it feels like man you know what's my company doing like we should yeah. be on, on the front end of things
0: it's not unique at all right <laughs> yeah what's one like crazy story that you have or like interesting story that you have from working at ORTV? oh man like what's the first one that comes to mind and
1: well embarrassing <laughs> embarrassing moments are always like the ones right that like uh So, like on TV, I I, um, one that always comes to mind is is when um, we were teaching about uh, sunscreen or getting a sunburn or whatever. And and if there's extra material that's not in the lesson, I like to talk about it, like if I think it's helpful. So I'm like, well, aloe vera is not in here, and you know that's a very useful thing when you have a sunburn. So I was like, and but if I do that, I try to make sure to to share what that is in Chinese because that content's not in the magazine. So I'm like, well, you know, so aloe vera is like Lu Wei. So basically telling everybody to like put Lu Wei all over their skin. Um, and uh, after after we cut, my coworkers were like, Gabe, <laughs> it's Lu Hui. Like Lu Wei is what you get at 7-Eleven, you know, that soupy dark stuff. <laughs> so basically I told everybody to put the Wei all over their skin. And they didn't want to re-record. They were like, "Oh, it's kind of cute. You're a foreigner. It's okay." And, and people <laughs> understand. People understand. They know what you're trying to say Muh-hoy. Um Like, but I've lived here. For I know. I know. It's like twenty
0: plus yeah. years at <laughs> this <laughs>
1: point. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> that's a big challenge for me, actually. Just you know, coming to grips with the reality of like having lived here for a long time, but then still seeing gaping holes in my Chinese, whether it's writing or speaking ability. You're definitely kind of
0: still not considered as like. Taiwanese, like
1: right, like anyone else. Like, well, nobody's as... Yeah, nobody's being yeah, seen as. Considered
0: a foreigner.
1: Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, most people are like no matter how long. Yeah. They I can think of a few people who've reached that status of like, okay, obviously they're a foreigner, like on the outside, but then people think of them as yeah. being Taiwanese. It
0: it's even like only the people in their neighborhood think of them as <laughs> Taiwanese. The people they have been around for you know, fifty plus years.
1: Right. Or unless they've contributed something to yeah and, you know to society society yeah yeah yeah. so that that's pretty good that's a challenge Actually. but yeah so like embarrassing moments and doris doris is she's a character man like one of the reasons i knew i was gonna like working at a place like ORTV tv was when i was 18 i had just got here you know it's just out of high school um and we went to uh some of my coworkers had a friend who was singing at I think it was Brown Sugar. There was a jazz club called Brown Sugar at the time. Interesting. Yeah, I think it started in Shanghai. It was a chain in Asia, and then uh, it, it, Brown Sugar was actually around for a long time in Taiwan before it closed a couple of years ago. But we went to support um, this friend, and you know, it's nine at night. Doris came along as well. And she had ordered a cocktail. And I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, I can, I can, th- this is a person who likes to relate to people, like where they're at. Um, and it, you know, it comes out in times like that. It, you know, she doesn't drink all the time, <laughs> obviously. Um, but <laughs> she's 96, obviously, <she's, laughs> Maybe it could help sometimes. <laughs> One, a friend of hers from Galilee sent a bottle of wine, like uh. several years ago. And she popped it open at three in the afternoon. She's like, hey guys, I, I'm not going to drink this all myself. You know, you can come over here and help me finish this bottle of wine from Israel. I'm like, how cool is that? It's like where Jesus turned water into wine, yeah. basically. It's pretty neat, actually. Right. And that that threw some of our more conservative um, co-workers for a loop. But um, yeah, those kinds of things. Like, that's one of the things I've always loved about studio classroom working there is, is to, just the environment and the people that I work with and the kind of, ambiance that my boss really does want. I know it can be a, a, a weakness, I guess, when companies like emphasize that their company is a family, um, because that can get kind of sticky,
0: yeah.
1: um, for, for a lot of different reasons, but it also has its benefits as well. You know, there's that plus side.
0: So do you still get recognized relative or well, do you get more like recognition now than you did obviously when
1: you were 18. But um no, actually like I'm I'm kind of in what I would think is I would say is a sweet spot of like of (laughs) being like people would know who I am, especially if they're students and they've you know listened to the program before. Um but not on the celebrity status of like, oh my gosh, did you see that's like he's walking down the street. Oh, should I go get his autograph? You know, like Yeah, I'm not there. Well,
0: that's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed learning about ORTV and Studio Classroom. If you want to support or learn more about ORTV, you can find their website at ORTV.com or just search ORTV on any major social media website. We really can't thank all the listeners enough for all the love and support that we've received through this podcast. We really appreciate it. If you're interested in reaching out to us about a topic, or just want to say hi, feel free to email us at tmfccggmail.com. At We'd love to hear back from you. We'll be dropping a new episode in a few weeks, so be on the lookout because you won't want to miss it. Until next time, bye!